Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Gay Side Stories, where the gay shit goes. I am your host, Trillificent. Hopefully, you guys remember me. I know that I've been gone for a couple of weeks, but every now and then, a break is very, very necessary. So, with that being said, thank you for sticking with me. Quick reminder, listen on Pippa, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Music, Podcasts, whatever they're calling themselves these days. YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, Acast, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and of course at GaySideStories.com. Remember to use the hashtag GaySidePod when you're live tweeting or posting about the show. Also, remember to use the new hashtag that I, yes I, created, hashtag PodsByQPOC. That's hashtag P-O-D-S-B-Y-Q-P-O-C. If you are queer and black or brown with a podcast and you can hear my voice right now, go to podsbycupac.com, click on the submit your podcast link and send over your details to be included in the directory. I'm trying to make this like the, I guess, the queer version of Podcast in Color. And yes, I know we're featured on her site and I'm a huge fan of what Barry has done. I've talked about this in the previous bonus episode hashtag pods by cupac but sometimes oftentimes we need something specifically for us by us so that's what this is please join me in this movement and whether you're promoting your own show or you're listening to your favorite cupac podcast use that hashtag if your favorite show isn't listed in the directory ask them and ask why not also, you can follow on Twitter and Instagram at Pods by Cupac and search for Pods by Cupac on Facebook. Like and follow that page for me. Thank you so very much for all of the support so far. It's been a lot more than I was anticipating getting. And hopefully we can just continue to reach the masses and put people on to queer podcasts of color that no one's ever heard of one of the things that i've loved about doing the directory so far is learning about podcasts that i don't think i ever would have come across and i'm trying some of the podcasts that are being submitted i can't promise that i'm gonna try everything just because i only have so many hours in a day <laughs> and i have my own podcast to do and have another podcast to do and have other things to do but some of them that look extremely interesting or something that i've never really heard of before i'm going to give them a try eventually i am very very slow on the uptake it takes me a long time to get to things sometimes but i promise you that the ones that i want to try they are downloaded i just have to click play at some point real quick i want to thank some of the podcasts that i know for sure have been using the hashtag pretty much from the gate so shout out to the healing space and the outline with Kevin Dwayne. Shout out to John over at the John Effect, um, Casey Caffeine, and there's a handful of other ones. Thank you guys so much for embracing this. And like I said, I hope that we can get this to take off a little bit. I don't expect it to be as big as anything else, but I do think it's very important for us to have our own stuff because a lot of times we don't know where to find each other and there were so many times when i was seeing people tweet hey where can i find some more queer podcasts of color people that look like me and sound like me i want to hear their podcasts and you really can only recommend the ones that you listen to and that you know of so i'm hoping that we can start filling up the directory and just directing people there saying, oh, you're looking for something. Well, here's this directory is a breakdown. There's categories. Anything you need should be there. And if not, let me know and we can make some arrangements and some tweaks and serve as many people as possible. Of course, it's not going to serve everybody because everything is not for everybody. But I'm hoping that I feel a little bit of what I think is a void in the market. So please help me with that. Again, it's podsbycupoc.com and that hashtag is podsbycupoc. That's podsbyqpoc. So, 
before I get into the episode, I want to break down a little bit the break that I took. And I'm using break in quotes because I wasn't putting out shows and I wasn't recording as much, but I didn't really take a full break the way I anticipated or the, I should say the way I wanted to. I was expecting to put this show down, put it on the shelf and not touch it at all for at least a month. And of course, that did not happen because just because I decided that I wanted to take a break, that does not mean that my brain was on the same wavelength. And it seemed like as soon as I decided I am going to take a break. My brain was like, oh, well, we have tons of ideas for you. And I was just sitting there like, really, this is what you're going to do? Like, I'm trying to get away from this just for a little while. It's a, a smidgen, a smidgen of time. And my brain was like, nope, ideas. Here you go. You're welcome. So I've been working behind the scenes, working on securing guests and figuring out what topics I still want to tackle I also have been working to retool the show a bit. There are going to be slight tweaks in it. I don't think a lot of you would really realize it, especially since I've been off for a few weeks and you haven't had a new episode, but little things behind the scenes to try to keep it fresh. I don't know the lifespan of the show, and this is something that I've struggled with pretty much since the inception of the show but what really highlighted it for me was the baby boy podcast and they've been talking about it recently and shout out to them for doing what's necessary for them and taking their show off of the off of the soundcloud and the the interwebs and and going behind a paywall because that's what works for them and Really, everyone in podcasting needs to do what works best for them, whatever schedule, whatever posting, what whatever it takes to do a podcast that will work best for your situation and your environment and your life. I encourage that, but them talking about having an ending in sight made me really start thinking about the same for this show. And for the time being, I feel like there's still work to be done. I still have conversations that I want to have. But that is something that I have been giving some thought to. What is the longevity of the show? I don't know. It, I could be saying this now and then two or three years from now, I'm still sitting on this microphone Maybe not in my living room, maybe in a studio somewhere. Maybe I'm doing amazing, fantastic things and who knows but for right now it is something that's on my mind so just putting that out there for whatever reason i don't know but it was on my mind so i said it i have also been again working on pods by cupac that took up a good portion of my quote-unquote break and i've also been keeping up with my other podcast ratchet ramblings and in addition to that, I have taken on somewhat of a role over at CSPN Media. I, I'm i calling myself the assistant creative director. Candice is like the creative director. And I'm just kind of in the background giving my feedback here and there. But I have been helping shape some of the newer content that's coming from that network and I may or may not be bringing something myself. Who knows? Who knows? Here I am talking about ending one podcast and I may be starting another. Who knows? Who knows? <sighs> well, anyway, speaking of new content, please check out my good friend Candace's new podcast, Not So Newlywed, and that's over at the CSPN. It's a podcast about the realities of relationships that she hosts with her husband, Mike. Also, be sure to check out my other good friend Bree's new podcast, Mama Meets World. Now, you've heard Bree on this show. You actually also heard Candace on this show on the Allyship episode. I believe that was episode 28. And you've heard Bree on episode 39. So Mama Meets World is a show about motherhood from a black divorcee in her 30s perspective. 
And I'm especially proud of that podcast for two reasons. Number one, because Bree is a very, very good friend of mine. She is the mother of my amazing godchildren, who I cannot wait to see in a few weeks. And I'm excited to hear what she's bringing to the podcast landscape. And the second reason, and I never, ever, ever, ever do this, is very, very difficult for me to give myself praise. It's almost actually it's more difficult than it is for me to accept praise from other people but i'm forcing myself to do this so i'm gonna talk my shit on this occasion and we're calling me the executive producer of that show you may ask why well when she told me about the idea she had for her show i immediately went into podcast producer mode and i didn't even realize what i was doing i felt like I was just trying to help my friend but after the fact I realized that it kind of steamrolled and that was when some of the things with the CSPN started happening people asking me my advice and my opinion on podcasts and I sat there like when did this happen but with Bree's show not to take anything from her because again the premise is totally hers the week by week or bi-weekly whatever all of that stuff is hers all i'm saying is i i'm and i'm saying this because i'm trying to give myself my roses while i can and i did that like you listen to mama meets world her first episode was amazing she did that but as far as the name and the concept and the suggestion for the music like pretty much so many things behind the scenes I kind of came up with and I ran the stuff by her. She liked the ideas, but it made me realize like, wow, like I could really produce a podcast, you know, like I can help you create a podcast. Now, whether it's going to be popular and marketing, marketing is not my forte, but branding and actually putting a podcast together. I know a little bit about a little bit. I don't know everything about everything, but I know a little bit about a little bit. So if you want help getting your podcast off the ground, my services are available for a fee. Amen. Amen. So getting into this week's episode, finally, we are back. I'm going to wrap up this intro slash catching up session. My listeners hearing my voice right now, I want you guys to give me some feedback on what you want to hear from this show. Do you want me to add a listener letter segment? Do you guys want to write in your hotels or your, I don't know, struggles or if you want advice, things like that? Because, again, not to toot my own horn, but I do give pretty good advice. Um, Ask my friend Naj. He he can attest that I give pretty good balanced advice. Bree probably can, too. And my friend Juanita. So if you guys want to write into the show, I would love that. I will read your letters and we can do that if that's what you want. If you guys want a different kind of segment or a specific guest, or if you have an idea for a specific conversation that I can have on this show, please, please, please let me know. Do not hesitate to slide in my DMs on Twitter. Well, on the show's Twitter page at Gay Side Stories. You can email me. You can use the contact form on the website. There are plenty of ways to get in contact with me if you have any ideas. And with all of that being said, because that was quite a lot to get through, we are back to the regularly scheduled programming. This week's show will be more interview style, and it's a little timey-wimey, as they say over on Wizarding. We recorded this back when I first announced my break, but scheduling is what it is, and so I got it out of the way when I could. But I'm very, very excited for you guys to hear this. So get into it. So I'm here with rapper Medino Green. Thank you so much for being on the show. No problem. Thank you for having me. So my introduction to you was a few years ago. You had a freestyle called Butch Queen, the Chirac freestyle. Mm -hmm. 
listen, it still gets plays around here. I just want you to know that. I just want you to know that. <laughs> and I think that was the first time I was ever made aware of like a gay rapper or someone in the community doing really? music. Like I casually knew that that was a thing, but I think it was the first time that I put hands on it, if that makes sense. It's, or <laughs> was it because of the content or it was a, a friend at the time was like, I don't know if he reposted it on his Twitter or if he told me to listen to it, but I ended up listening to it on SoundCloud and I was like, oh, huh, I never thought about it. Like, but again, this was years ago. This was when I was uh, not as, what's the word, strong in my identity. I was just kind of floating. Okay. And so the older that I've gotten, the more that I'm realizing I need to be better and be more into it (laughs) because it is important. It is a part of my identity and I, I often wonder how many people are the same way. Like I think sometimes we get so caught up in our lives of just trying to live and be free that we are not aware or we don't think about the outside stuff mm-hmm. because when I was younger, it was, it was kind of like a, you had to sneak to even be able to consume gay stuff. Like the the gayest thing I think besides me and my household growing up was my mom watching Will and Grace. You know what I mean? Okay. And it was just something that kind of stuck with me. And so when I got older, I was more concerned with trying to figure out this. I don't like using this terminology, but I'm going to use it for now just for ease. This lifestyle that I didn't realize that there was a history and there was more to the lifestyle than just getting unjacked and going to the club and trying to meet a guy and have a boyfriend. You know what I mean? When I really sat back in it and I said, huh okay and i was just started looking at different things and seeking out the content and that's the other thing guys we do have to seek it out you have to want to look for it um it's definitely out there you just have to know the right avenues to find it on correct because not but not all the content is worthy i'll say that yes yes and that is you know what that's a good way to put it <laughs> <laughs> So let's get into you, actually, and let's talk about what you do. So I want to talk about your artistry first. Mm-hmm. So what kind of artist would you consider yourself? I, my my answer would just be like, I'm just a hip hop artist. Um, I just happen to be open with my sexuality and open with who I am or comfortable enough with who I am to put that in the music so that way it's more relatable to someone like myself. Okay, that makes sense. You say you're you're purely hip hop. Is that your whole musical style or how do you package that, I should say? Um I I would say that's kind of just my thing just being hip hop or rap, you know, cuz some people they classified as two different things but um i'd like to say that i can probably do a little bit of everything if i am able to feel it or relate to it so you know i feel like if someone was to give me a pop song to feature on i think i would be able to adapt to it but it would still have like the medino green flair to it so that you know this is my work Right. Okay. That makes sense. So speaking of what are your influences and where do you draw inspiration? As far as artists or just with the content? Uh, I would say both. Okay. Um, well, the content pretty much comes from just being me every day. Like, you know, everyday black gay man, you know, just living in society 
that's where it comes from. Um, a lot of it does play out with my sexuality. Um, it's not that I'm trying to like exploit it, but it's just that I want people to know that it's real and that it does exist and that it is possible, you know? Yeah. Um, as far as the artists that go hand in hand with it, a lot of my inspiration comes from New York artists. Um, I'm really like a child of the 90s. So like the whole bad boy era of the 90s is where I get my influences from and the inspiration from because I've always told myself when I was younger and I was doing this, I told myself I was just going to drop out of school and get signed to bad boy. I wasn't sure how it was going to happen, but it was going to happen. Like that's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So talk a little bit about your background, like where you grew up, where you're from and how did you get your start? Um, okay, so I am from, I'm originally from South Carolina, like I was born out there, but I was raised in Queens, in Jamaica, Queens. Um, and I want to say between the ages of 13 and 14, I want to say 13, though, um, I really took on being interested in music. It was something, I don't know, I guess it was just something that I was doing. Because I remember, you know, having to go to summer school because I could never like pass during the year. Mm -hmm. So I remember it was like one year of summer school um, and I had to go to summer school with like all of the kids from like around the way that didn't, you know, pass. So, you know, we were kind of all just like hanging out in class and, you know, we all just started. I mean, they started rapping, you know, other people's songs, you know, that were out at the time. And me, I was just like, well, I don't really know those songs, but I want to make up my own songs. So right. it was kind of me just wanting to do something different at the time. And I kind of just got my foot in by uh, rearranging stuff that people had already said to make it sound, you know, like it was me. Like, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but <laughs> I was like, almost it was almost like I was plagiarizing the raps <laughs> yeah. to make them mine. And um, eventually I got into the groove of being able to do it by myself. And by the time I got to high school, that's kind of how I just made a name for myself with people. Like when I would introduce myself to people, I would be like, you know, hey, I rap. Like, what do you do type of thing? And, you know, it kind of just took off from there with me. So how did you start actually recording? Like, how did you get your break? Uh, I would say by the time I was about, uh, 17 or 18, um, I had to transfer to another school to graduate because I couldn't graduate at my other school. So, um, I had to, you know, transfer to finish what I didn't do during the year. And there was an internship at this program. It was called a YABC program at John Adams. And there was a guy there that worked with um that was he i guess he was affiliated with jive records at the time because jive records was a thing mm -hmm. um he was i guess he worked for them and he was holding like a music internship or whatever for kids who were interested in it i took up the course it was a paid course and it kind of just helped me understand you know how the industry works and he also had you know some guests come in and it was, you know, it was pretty dope. So the kids that I was hanging out with around the way, because like I said, you know, we was going to summer school together, you know, we kind of was just like, okay, well, you know, let's find a studio. There was one guy that uh, we affiliated with who was probably the most active one when it came to the music because he just traveled all over the place. He knew of a studio in the Bronx and he wanted us to go to record a song and the song was called close my eyes or something like that and um we recorded it it came out dope we liked it but we really couldn't do nothing with it and um at the time i really wasn't you know i wasn't out like that so it was kind of one of those things that was just like it was going on but i wasn't really talking about it i was kind of just more so focused on the music and then one day i lucked up on 
one of the hookup apps to meet someone that was in the music industry who had a studio. So I went to go, you know, meet him at the studio. I rapped for him and he was just like, yo, like you're really dope. So since then, I've been working with this guy side by side. Of course, you know, we had a relationship, but, you know, that didn't work out because I really wanted to do music. So it was kind of like nothing else mattered to me. And at this time, it's like I'm 18, 19 years old. Like, I really don't want to be in a relationship. I just want to get signed. You know, I don't want to go to school anymore. I don't want to do anything. So um, I guess I can say that he kind of helped me get my break because he also introduced me to other people in the quote-unquote gay hip-hop community and it was kind of just like the love has been there you know since then so i you know i owe it all to one person kind of sort of say kind of sort of look at that see you know what i'm gonna pin this story and i'm gonna listen to it and i'm gonna i'm going to recommend it to people so that they can hear and see that the hookup apps are not all bad. <laughs> Every no, now are. and then, some amazing things can happen, and you I'm can sure. get you know you can get a little, get a little something, something on the side too. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I I, I, the only the only problem with that is that people have the misconception of you know like that you would deal with someone like that just because of them having access to you know like that type of studio where it's you know real artists are coming in and out of the studio right and you know they won't really know until you've been until they've been in that situation where you can say no that really wasn't the case it was kind of like we have a relationship but i'm also trying to accomplish something and it falls into the same category of what this person does for a living so it kind of just works out yeah. that everything goes hand in hand you know but it does take a toll when something isn't right so you know once the relationship starts to you know fall apart it's kind of like you know people need their space they need to be away from you so it's hard to break up with someone and still expect them to have that same momentum with you as far as you know getting your music out there and pushing you out there because you know it it hurts they're hurt yeah Absolutely. I think maybe it needs to be said that this is, to me, listening to the story, it sounds like something that was meant to be versus it's not a, for lack of a better term, fucking for tracks type of situation. Right. It, like, it's not it's not that. Yeah. Okay. So since we're, we're here, let's talk about the industry a little bit. So you mentioned the gay rap scene. Talk a little bit about that. Give us a little bit of a, I don't want to say an inside view, but just a brief summary, I think. What's it like? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's vicious. Uh Uh-oh. It's it's very vicious. Um, You come into contact with a lot of people. You know, a lot of people are genuinely... Um, they genuinely like you. And then there's a lot of people that just want to associate with you because of your social status. And then, you know, you just have people who, you know, they make their own interpretation of who you are as an artist and they just choose not to fuck with you. Is it kind of a 50-50 thing or is it always sort of a, you have to fight and you never know who's, trying to tear you down like it's more so of trying to avoid being torn down versus actually getting work done um i would say you just have to be aware of your surroundings not everybody has your best interests right and i mean that's true in pretty much all facets of life but i think it's important to i don't want to say highlight but maybe remind people or tell them if they haven't made that assumption that just because you're gay and i'm gay and we're both doing music that doesn't mean we're gonna vibe and there may still be like each other that doesn't mean i'm gonna like the content that you're producing correct 
it's it's a bunch of things to that but i think you know you should just respect everyone's craft because everyone's story is different you know everyone's situation is different but it does become a thing where you have people who gain you know a lot of popularity because of their music or the type of music that you put out and then you have other artists who you know it sounds as if they have the whole package together but for some reason just can't get a break interesting interesting so what are some of the other struggles that you faced in the industry um the only other struggles that i faced is uh people just not wanting to work with you because of your sexuality i think they take it as you're going to try to like seduce them mm-hmm. or something of that sort or just try to ruin them in a sense and that's not always the case um i also think it's a lack of support within the community you know i think everybody has that mentality of i want to be the quote unquote it girl rather than you know like extending a hand to someone when you've gotten leverage so to speak Hmm. so this is more so dealing with i'm assuming cis hit men um yeah so to speak because they really can't i can't say there can't be homophobia with homophobic people with you know homosexual people because there can be but you know for part dealing with the industry as a whole they just have um they just have what is displayed on tv to represent to represent us you know like they don't really know that there are you know gay men out there that act just like them they just choose to get in bed with another man versus getting in bed with another woman right okay so how do you handle that homophobia when you experience it um i don't let it stop me because you know i still gotta do what i gotta do i still gotta speak for people i still gotta be a voice for people i still gotta be seen by people so if one person doesn't want to work with me just because of what they've heard or what they think then i can just take what i have to someone else who might appreciate it more shout out to you because i don't know someone else some people might break down and, you know, they might feel like it's the end of the road for them. It's it's not the end of the road. Like, you're going to get the door. Like, people hear this all the time of you're going to have the door slammed in your face a hundred times before someone actually opens it for you, for you mm-hmm. to walk. And that's the truth. You know, sometimes you may think your work is A1 and there's no way that someone's going to close the door in your face. But you'll gag when you're standing there and the door is closed because they're not having it. What does representation look like from the inside of the industry in terms of artists, managers, producers? You talked a little bit about having to work with homophobic cishet men, but what else have you come across? Um, It's very shady. It's, it's a very shady thing. Um, I think people, like I said, it's really just that everybody wants to be the it girl. So everybody just wants to do their own thing for themselves. You know, Mm -hmm. it's hard to I'm not saying it's hard to find people that genuinely care because there are people that genuinely care. But for the most part, you know, when you meet someone new in the industry, you always have to ask yourself, like, what is this person's intentions and what is it that they really want from me? When they, you know, come across me, when they want to talk to me about music or whatever the case may be, because some people might just want to talk to you to get connections. And then once you start revealing names and shit, they take off, yeah. you know, what I'm saying? like they're gone. You don't really hear from them no more. And then the next thing you know, the people that you was trying to, you know, let them know what's going on with, they don't become best friends with people that you working with. And you just like, how'd that happen? Like, you know, so I really just think it's every man. For themselves and it's definitely a shady industry you just gotta know you know you just gotta know where people stand and just be observant of you know people's behavior yeah i mean that's good advice no matter what you do but i can see how that is pertinent in that industry so do you come across any other um obviously gay rappers but have you worked with any like 
LGBT producers, managers, or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I've worked with um two so far. Okay. Yeah, it's been two so far. Okay. So, last question on this, and then we'll shift gears just a bit. Do you think that it, and I probably know the answer to it, but I still want you to talk about it, that it is still a very much heterosexual world, I guess, game, however you want to put, however you want to spin it as far as being an artist? Uh-huh. Like, is that fair to say that that's still the center and everyone else is kind of doing the best that they can? Yeah. I, I'll agree to that. I think it's always going to be a heterosexual men's game mm-hmm. because we can't say that they invented the game, but they pretty much like laid the blueprint and, you know, the foundation of what's accepted, what you can say and stuff like that. So at this point, you know, trying to be a black gay man and, you know, standing up against that it's kind of difficult when the odds are stacked against you. Right. So the way you phrase that is very interesting because it makes me feel like not only are they sort of the gatekeepers, but they also have laid the groundwork in a way that protects their status as gatekeepers. No, I'll I'll agree to that because I'm not going to say that I would never want to see like a gay man dominate hip hop. I would love to see something like that. But if he's going to dominate hip hop, the way the industry is set up, he's going to have to dominate it the way the industry wants him to, which is pretty much following the steps of heterosexual men who have dominated the game already. That's so interesting to me because you would think that there would be executives somewhere if for no other reason looking to exploit it because (laughs) we have the income. So you would think that they would pander to us a little with some (laughs) artists trying to get those coins, but they don't believe in what it is that we can do because as I said before, there's no support coming from the community to show and prove that it can be done. You have artists out here who are dope as fuck that get, you know, recognition. They get to perform all over the place. But for some strange reason, you know, the A&Rs, they just don't want to sit down with us and have a conversation and say, I want to invest my money in you. You don't want to invest your money in me because you see the community ain't bigging me up. You know what I'm saying? So why would you want to invest your money in something that you really don't see? money coming back into it you know i think when um when it gets brought to their attention it's kind of one of those things where okay like he's dope you know he could spit but will i invest my money in him probably not and then when you ask why the only reason is because he's gay so you know niggas on the street is not gonna play his music the only people that a gay man could possibly have an effect on are other gay men and women but it's more to that because men are in the streets as well and you know at this point the way hip-hop is going with all these new artists coming out everything's changing and evolving but i'm not sure if the industry is ready to accept uh you know an openly gay male especially because of the way society paints us on tv if that's all they see on tv it's kind of like you know Nobody wants that. If they see you, if they see representations of us time after time being messy and exploiting men and, you know, just being outright crazy on TV, they're going to take a step back and be like, nah, I can't really get with with, I can't really get with that. Like, that's not something I want to invest in. But they're not looking in the dirt where, you know, there are gay men out there that can carry themselves a certain way or you know just make the little you know make the situation a little bit more understanding for them they're not looking for that because they you know they can't see it they can only see what's on the surface right right so now that we're here i just have a another question you said that you don't think the industry and probably by extension 
society, at least as we know it, is not ready for an openly gay black rapper. Do you think that a lesbian woman would have a better chance? Um, yes. I'll say that yes, because we've seen it numerous times that, you know, women who are okay with their sexuality, it's acceptable because men see that as something it's a it's a fantasy to men. You won't see a bunch of dudes on the corner rapping lyrics to a song of a gay man talking about sucking dick and you know doing tricks on a dick or none of that like you won't hear them say none of that but you'll hear them rap the lyrics of a you know woman talking about you know how she gonna eat another woman pussy it's relatable to them and it's also a fantasy to them no man no man has a fantasy of you know doing the stuff that gay men put in their music so i think that's where the difference is yeah because I also feel like a lot of that and probably the majority of that is also the ability to reduce women down to just their sexuality, whereas men don't embrace their sexuality. They'll talk about sex. They love talking about fucking, but they don't embrace their actual sexuality. Right. Because they find that to be something a female should do. Yeah. A feminine it's- trait. But it's a feminine trait to them. It's more accepting of a woman to express how she feels sexually and they be like, yeah, like thumbs up. But if another guy does it, it's kind of just be like, oh, okay, that's cool. But, you know, we want something else. Right, right. But that's also in a negative way, because, again, then now that woman is just sex to them and she can't be anything else. I don't know. That's there's there's work to be done (laughs) that's fair to say so i want to talk about the community a little bit so do you feel pressure from within the community to be a certain way or present a certain way or make a type a certain type of music i know you talked a little bit about the industry expecting a certain image or not rocking with the image that's shown on TV. But what about with, from within the actual community? Um, yes and no. That's like a two part answer. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, yes, I do feel the pressure because I feel like gay men want you to look a certain type of way. Mm -hmm. If you're gay, it's kind of like some, not all, but some guys kind of want it to be known. So, you know, they expect you to wear makeup and, you know, do all of this crazy stuff and wear these crazy outfits, have a certain type of body. And, you know, that's that. And then, you know, on the flip side, it's kind of like having, it's kind of like some people just don't care. It's like, you know, we don't care if you want to dress like a hobo, then just do what works for you type of thing, because we going to love you regardless. Mm-hmm. This might be a <laughs> a loaded question or a shady question, but I'm curious. Do you think that with gay men specifically, a lot of the support hinges on whether or not they find you attractive? Yes, mm. I do. I think if you have the body that they're expecting, the looks that they're expecting, the attitude or the mentality that they're expecting, you're the package deal. A lot of, I think, and I, and maybe this might be a reach with me saying this, but I feel like because it's so much bottom shaming, people expect, or not people, but gays are expected to have this masculinity about them that makes it, uncomfortable not uncomfortable but it makes it just a thing so it's like if you if you have this look of masculinity something that is desired so much in the gay community i it you're you're pretty much good you're golden that's interesting because it's to me it's hard to read because i definitely see that a lot of times and I don't think a lot of gay men even realize that they're doing it. And some of them, I know that they're doing it. They don't want to support another gay man unless they find him attractive, fuckable. Right. But at attractive, the same time, there's this line of they will support if you are queen. Extremely, right. If you're like extremely feminine, 
you know, you have like a face full of makeup all the time, you gender bend, you know, you do all of these female things. So it's like with, like I said, it's a two part question or it's not two part question, but it's like a yes and no answer. They'll accept you if you're either hyper masculine, not hyper masculine, but if you're, if you're the right amount of masculine or they're, they'll accept you if you're the right amount of queen. But there's no way that you can be in be, be in between and they still live for you. Mm. It's either or. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, what about the music specifically, though? Like, do you feel any type of pressure? Or do you get requests to make a certain type of music from the community? Um. <sighs> Not necessarily. I don't think people. I've, I don't think I've ever gotten a request to make a specific type of song from people, um, aside from doing more original music. Um, but as far as the content goes, I do think that has something to do with the success of the artist. Because if you can't make music that they relate to, it's kind of just like you're putting music out for your health. You know, you can stay true to who you are, but that doesn't mean that these girls are going to accept it because they might not want to hear that. That's not something they want to hear. So it's kind of like you kind of do in a way have to find out what it is that they want to hear because they're not going to come up to you and say, Oh, can you make this? They'll, you know, kind of just sit in the background and wait for your song to light up a little bit for them to be like, okay, well I heard this from him and you know, that's that. Okay. That makes sense. So what advice do you have for aspiring LGBT plus musicians? Um, just be true to who you are, like stay true to your craft, you know, don't allow people with no type of craft to tell you how to operate. You know, that's a lot of times people would tell you, you should do things differently when they're not even helping you get to a place where you can be seen to do something differently. You know, it's kind of just like someone making a request to play a song. And then once you play the song, they pretty much leave because they've already gotten the song that they wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, stay true to who you are, stay honest to who you are. It's always good to change up every now and again you know, come out with different themes and stuff like that. But just always stay true to who you are because, you know, if you keep switching up and doing all of this, people are not going to know who you are. You know, they're just going to think you're all over the place with your music and you haven't found, you know, yourself or your sound. And that's that. People that like your music, they'll they'll like your music. And, you know, it'll gravitate to the people that do. If they don't like your music because you know, you rap too hard or you're too masculine, then that's their loss. There's going to be some gay dude out there that's like, well, this is what I want to hear. And, you know, they're going to bump your shit. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So let's end this on a good note. And let's talk about what you have planned for the future. Okay. So um, I do have a project that I am working on. Um, I don't want to reveal the name just yet because the name might change. So okay. no, that's <laughs> that's fair. So that's one of those things. Um, I do have a show coming up. Um, the Slave Fest is happening yes. on Saturday. Yeah, it's on Saturday. Um, and I think that's it. I'm kind of just laying low living my regular life uh, staying low and building got it got it yeah i'm gonna just you know figure some stuff out on on this and you know the the re-entrance of medino green will definitely be something that you guys enjoy hopefully and i say hopefully because you know people don't like everything but you know, yeah hope- yeah people don't like change sometimes too they like it but it has to be within their parameters. So I do want to point out, but more than likely by the time you guys hear this slave fest will have already happened. But as you heard, we do have a project to look forward to. So I can't wait for that. And new music as well. It's coming. Yes. I'm taking my time. I got to make this right. Cause you know, 
they I've always been asked like what would you do if you had the whole world paying attention to you for five minutes so mm-hmm. this project mm-hmm. that I'm gonna bring to the table is what I would say if the world was listening for five minutes wow that's a good question I think I would probably melt into a puddle if someone asked me that <laughs> <laughs> okay got, got five minutes you better make it count yeah bro. Okay, well, let me tell you what I got to say, and this is what y'all gonna hear. <laughs> and I'll be like, Eek! <laughs> okay, so that'll wrap up that part of the show. Before you go, I'd want to do the queer query so people can get a little bit of a different view of you outside of just your artistry. Okay. Question. So I'm gonna ask you two questions, and then I'm gonna do rapid fire and that's how we'll wrap it up okay <laughs> so first question what was one of your favorite sitcoms growing up um all that oh good one uh, uh, uh. all right i'm here for <laughs> it i'm here for it um let's see one of my favorite sitcoms growing up i did enjoy all that um and I think I I liked all of those shows that used to come on ABC. Remember how a, that block of blackness, like we had all these, not blackness, but we, that block of shows that used to come on, like um, Step by Step and all of those. It was like some black shows and some white shows. I used to just sat, sit there and watch all of them. I did not watch that TV because when I finally got cable, I took advantage of it. <laughs> you know what? That's I mean, I was watching some of everything, to be honest. So. I took advantage of having Nickelodeon as yeah. a kid. Um, but I also like Zoom, too. Like, I would rush home to catch it at 3 o'clock or whatever, 3.30, mm-hmm. whenever it came on, you know, and watch them make their little projects and shit. Or, you know, once I got to a certain age with the whole hip-hop thing, I just started trying to catch Cedar's World before she went off. Yeah, yeah. BET had some good content back in the day. I want yeah. them. I want them to figure out Find their niche. Find that niche of good content, and that way we can. Anyway, I don't. We don't need to get into that. (laughs) (laughs) That's my hope. I hope that they find it. Uh, Next question: If you were to produce a web series, what would it be about? Oh, um, I think. I couldn't even produce one because I already kind of like got myself in the midst of doing something similar to that, but it's not a web series. Okay. Um, that's a good question. I think it would probably just be my life. I think just like what, you know, like a young, I think it would be a, uh, cause you know how someone, someone had asked me like, if you could speak to the younger you, what would you say? So I think I would make a show based off of that like if i could speak to the younger me so it would kind of be like a thing where i can watch myself grow up but i would be able to chime in as older me to tell the younger me certain things to help with situations i think i would do something like that nobody else would be able to see me but me if that makes sense yeah it does it does hmm if i were to produce a web series i think it would depend on budget but <laughs> I would probably I would want to do something different and out outside of the box, like much love to the web series that focus on LGBT love and relationships. And sex. are they really, though? I'm just saying for for putting the content out there now, the quality of the content, that's a different conversation. But the, the content is out there, but I would want to do something different like a remix of something like give me uh, give me like gay mortal combat or I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> gays in space or something you know what i mean give me something <laughs> give me something different i would want to do something different you know what i mean give me i, I don't know a, a bisexual robin hood or something like that like something just but y'all got deadpool do we? Ah, damn. See? Do we? I don't really know because, you because know, he, 
he's just he's allegedly pansexual i know he's pansexual in the comics and he was supposed to rep- i don't know rumor anyway before Deadpool rumor 2 came out was that he was going to have a boyfriend yeah, right and that I didn't didn't see happen. Deadpool too. so did he have a boyfriend in the movie he absolutely did not oh well then i mean maybe they just didn't want to give that to the you know character yeah. i don't know i think they shy like i don't know it, it's interesting you know they put stuff like this in the books and then when it's time to put it in visual they kind of shy away from it and i'm not sure why yeah. they do that is it because of the viewers that are going to see it I, I that's my only assumption because even when they do record it it gets cut from the movie and it's left on the cutting room floor Case in point, they were talking about Okoye from Black Panther. She's queer. And I think they had, like, it wasn't even deep. It was just little scenes where you could see that there was something between her and one of the other door Milaje, and they cut the scenes from the movie. They just won't they let do, us yeah, great. They do that, or, again, it's the after the fact, like, coming out about lando from star wars oh he's pansexual did you know and it's like no we didn't know because you didn't no, put it in the movie <laughs> right it wasn't nowhere in uh, only people that knew was the people on set if and, that you know if, right if that because right. a lot of times i just think that they say it after the fact just to get some browning points you know same with uh what's the other big one harry potter with the author saying oh you know the Dumbledore, he was gay, and it's like he wasn't gay in the books. He, he wasn't, wasn't gay, gay in the movies. He was probably gay in real life, but that don't do nothing for us because we didn't see it on camera. But here's the thing: these are fictional characters, so there is no real life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like if you're not gonna put it in the movie, where are we supposed to get it? Supposed to How are we supposed to know? Exactly. So, but yeah. If I had, you know, someone's like, hey, produce a web series, here's some money, I would say, okay, well, what can we do about special effects? Because I want to see Gay Street Fighter or something. (laughs) Gay Street Fighter. They can't give us a gay character. No, I don't want a gay character. I want it to be centered around LGBT people, you know, an LGBT version and and the dynamic of that. We can expect that from um, uh, Issa Rae on Insecure. I think I was reading something about how this season she's going to be talking about um, like mask- fragile masculinity and yeah. you know, bisexualness and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, well, let's... yeah, but I, I'm, I'm looking specifically at it with a, like a sci-fi or fantasy lens versus quote unquote mm-hmm. real life Real world. I hope you watch every fucking episode of that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would be the producer of it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Gaze in space. <laughs> okay, last thing we're gonna do rapid fire. So I'm gonna say a word and you say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Don't even think about it. Just blurt it out. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ready? I think so. Okay. First up. Down. Phone. iPhone. <laughs> Low. High. Voice. Um. Bass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last one. Twist. Turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. You only stumbled a little. Only a little bit. That one voice was a good though. Yeah. So that is going to wrap up this interview and wrap up this episode. Medina, I want to, again, thank you so, so much for taking some time out of your staying low and building schedule to <laughs> Thank you for on. having me. Um, tell people where they can find you. Um, you guys can check me out on Twitter at Medino Green and Instagram at Medino Green. That's M-E-D. I N O G R E E N. And you can also check me out on Facebook as well. Um, feel free to add me as a friend. Uh, or you can just like my music page, whatever you know you're into. Um, and if you want to follow my boring life on Snapchat, you can follow me on Snapchat at my life as green. 
Alrighty. And again, you guys, you can check him out. Maybe there'll be footage by the time this episode comes out. Maybe there'll be some stuff on YouTube or something from Slayfest. I'm hoping so. Yeah, it's okay. supposed to be a lot of media coverage. It's the first, um, their first annual um, thing. So it's supposed to be a really big deal. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. So I will be on the lookout for that, and I will definitely be on the lookout for your new project whenever that drops. Absolutely. And again, thanks for coming through. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it for this week, you guys. Remember, you can go to GaySideStories.com for more information, how to follow the show, Anything you need to know about the show is all on the website. Subscribe, you guys, wherever you get your podcasts. If you have not already, make sure that you share this show with someone, whoever may like what I'm doing, or if they're in the community and they're looking for a new podcast, send them over this way, even if they're not in the community, because I feel like sometimes these conversations are either something that cishet people or just head people need to hear or it more than likely will be something that they can relate to so send everyone this way i appreciate anyone who takes the time to suggest the show to other people i also appreciate any and everyone who goes over to apple podcasts and leaves a rating or a review especially if you take the time to write a review because again that is keystrokes and thumb wagging that you could be doing something else you could be scrolling instagram you could be shooting your shot at your favorite bare-chested whatever but you take the time to leave me a review and i am so appreciative of it and i hope that people are listening to this and they will go and leave some more reviews also Remember, you can find me over on Ratchet Ramblings every week with Jeremy and Candace discussing black reality TV shows. So if you watch shows like Love and Hip Hop Hollywood, Real Housewives of Potomac, Black Ink Crew Chicago, then Ratchet Ramblings is the recap show for you. It is a comedy podcast, you guys. We are... Ooh... We talk a lot of shit on that show, but it's all in fun. So check me out over there. Thank you again for listening. And as always, you guys love yourselves, protect your walls, and I will see you next week.